You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. Tonight, your Indiana Hoosiers hung on for a 71-68 win against Maryland in a game that was uh, at times pretty, at times sloppy, at times, and by at times, I mean most of the time, incredibly poorly officiated. Uh, But IU made enough plays late uh, on the back of Juwan Morgan, who was uh, fantastic again, was uncertain whether he would play, uh, and and. Not only did he play, he starred in the game and uh, and did a fantastic job. So we'll touch more on him as we go. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Bottoms, here with Ryan Phillips, and we're going to break the game down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start tonight's show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And uh, for me, it could be any number of moments with Juwan Morgan, but he has to be the centerpiece. I mean, the one I'll I'll give will be, uh, again, he factored prominently in, a, in an offensive rebound of a free throw miss. Uh, with IU up 67 to 66 with under a minute left, uh, Josh Newkirk was at the line, missed both free throws, um, but the second kind of hung on the rim just long enough that Juwan could work his way in to get the rebound, put it right back up, and uh, extended the lead to 69-66. Uh, Maryland was able to get a basket from there, but uh, IU uh, Newkirk hit his next two free throws and, and let IU pull away. But it was really, you know, that was every time IU really needed a bucket in the second half. Uh, you know, Juwan Morgan was the guy to provide it. He scored almost half of the team's points in the second half 14 points uh of the of the 29 iu scored five of seven from the floor four of five from the free throw line in that half and just made big play after big play throughout the game and for a guy who again we didn't know if he would be able to play coming in played 36 minutes i think sat out just about a minute uh of the second half and and led the team with 25 points and just was uh just was fantastic also led the team in assists so um you know, certainly his play and and really that play was emblematic of how I use scrapped. You know, they really, while the second half was ugly, I thought they played well defensively. Uh, and he was, you know, a guy consistently in the middle of that had a number of nice blocks and defensive plays. And, uh, you know, the, just that kind of, that kind of scrappy play to, to come up with a, a rebound off a missed free throw in a, in a key spot to give IU uh, a really big home win, uh, bouncing back off that Michigan State loss. Uh, just a really big game for IU, and it, and it was a big game for Maryland. They, you know, they clearly came in. It was, you know, understanding they they really needed a road win. They're uh, on the on the bubble at this point in the NCAA tournament, and, and IU to be able to hold them off uh, in a tough game at home was a uh, was certainly a big one. And Juwan Morgan. Uh, in delivering the banner moment with that rebound basket off a of missed free throw to uh, to uh, not quite put the game away, but but essentially do so, um, you know, was was the banner moment from my perspective. So our banner moment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud, an Indiana-based t-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. So why should you check out their website, HoosierProud.com? Well, here are three reasons. Number one, their designs. Hoosier Proud has officially licensed IU gear, as well as a bunch of really cool and interesting designs that are inspired by unique elements of the Hoosier state. Plus, they are the official provider of our assembly call logo shirts. Number two, their philanthropy. Hoosier Proud donates a portion of their revenue from their t-shirt sales to specific Indiana-based charities. And the number three reason to visit HoosierProud.com is their generosity where you can get 15% off uh, by using the promo code assembly. Uh, so you'll get 15% off again of your entire purchase. So whether that's assembly call logo shirts, IU uh, license shirts, they've got some AJ Moye shirts on there, uh, 15% off that entire purchase by using the promo code assembly. So make sure you check them out at HoosierProud.com. All right, let's move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts on the rest of our team, which for now is Ryan Phillips. Ben Jared may be joining us here in a little while. Uh, so, Ryan, I'll kick it to you for your rant, which is brought to us by TheBigLead.com. Yeah, I think that really, I mean, we're going to talk about the game, and this game certainly deserves some focus, but I think it's just time to step back real quick and look at the Big Ten standings. Indiana's 5-3, and three, which puts them in a tie for fifth place, a half game behind Michigan in fourth. Um, a couple weeks ago, if you had said that's where they'd be, I think everybody would have been really happy with that. I mean, you're you win a home game against Maryland, a team that you know with Jawan Morgan healthy, you probably should beat. 
Um, and, and, but the thing is they took care of business and in the first half, it really looked like they struggled defensively, gave up 39 points, really ratcheted it down, locked it down in the second half. I thought they played very well. Um, look, they got out rebounded by 11, um, but what they did, they made up for it by, by doing the little things. They had 10 steals. They had eight uh, blocks as a team. You know, this is a team without a lot of size. Josh Newkirk had three blocks. Juwan Morgan had two. Justin Smith had one. Devontae Green had two. That means they're hustling when guys are finishing at the rim. They're making it so it's not easy. Um, the fact that they got out-rebounded by 11 and then only shot 9 of 16 from the free throw line, which is 56%, which is just unacceptable, and we're still able to pull out a win, tells you the team was hustling and playing hard. And you saw in a couple of those sequences late, diving on the floor, scrapping, getting back, you know, Josh Newkirk had four turnovers, but, uh, you know, the team only had 12. Um, but Josh Newkirk had four turnovers, but I'll give him credit. A couple times he turned the ball over and got back on defense and made a stop or forced a turnover. I mean, you know, it, it's it's okay to make a mistake if you can recover from it and make it so it doesn't, you know, hurt the team. And and really, I don't think that a lot of their mistakes in this game did hurt the team. Um, to hold Maryland to 68 points when they scored uh, 39 in the first half is excellent. And so I think that, again, you're starting to see what Archie Miller wants out of his teams. And it's this hard, you know, hard-nosed, scrappy play where you win with defense and, you know, whatever you get on the offensive end is is, it's not a bonus, but you feel like, you know, there's not as much pressure to score every time down. I'd also like to give credit to Josh Smith. I thought he played really well um, in Justin my opening. Smith even? Justin Smith, I'm sorry. Yeah, Josh Smith was a Indiana commit who wound yeah. up not going to Indiana. Yeah, let it go, man. It's been it's been I, far I know, too many years. I know. I always think of him when I think of Justin Smith. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. Indiana, 6 of 18 from 3, but there were 28 of 56 from the field, so 50% shooting. Um, if you're playing at Assembly Hall, you're likely going to win if you hit 50% from the field um, and, and don't turn the ball over. And they only turned the ball over 12 times. I say only. There were 3 in the first half and 9 in the second half. But you felt like, again, in the second half, when they were turning the ball over, they weren't letting it hurt them. So yeah, let, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, so let's talk second half you know, briefly. I, I thought what you did, I thought Maryland was able to get pretty comfortable and they hit some tough shots, certainly in the, in the first half. But I thought that was, you know, one of the bigger takeaways. It felt like IU was was playing well and just kind of gave away some chances to maybe uh, maybe extend a lead in the first half, let Maryland get comfortable, let them get hot from the outside. But in the second half, um, you know, they they really ratcheted up the defense. Like you said, um, you know, Cowan finished with six turnovers. I think the majority of those were uh, all of those were in the second half, at least based on the box score that I'm looking at. So they harassed their, you know, point guard and leading scorer into six turnovers. Um, Herter had a couple, I think he had four or five for the game. Um, and I, you forced Maryland into 11 turnovers in the second half in total. And that was one of the things, um, you know, that coming into the game, uh, you know, was it seemed like a big area of of advantage for IU uh, with with both the fact that IU hasn't turned the ball over at a high rate. Maryland has not forced turnovers at a high rate, but Maryland has turned the ball over a lot. And so I thought those were um, those were big. I mean, do you see any adjustments that they made in the second half to force those turnovers or was it just being a little bit more dialed in? I think just they were more aggressive on the ball uh, without fouling. You know, they were more extending the defense beyond the three-point line. Um, they they mucked up some passing lanes because you saw there were a couple times Maryland just threw the ball out of bounds, and, and it was more just having pressure in the passing lanes. Uh, there was a lot of help and recover, and and it, that actually hurt them a few times. I mean, Colin Hartman, I mentioned this on Twitter a few times. Colin Hartman got caught in in, in help and and his recovery. Um, you know, was late and, and guys had wide open threes as a result with Hartman closing out at them. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like there was a, a real effort to help and recover and, and really make some stuff happen on those uh, on that help. And I think that that help caused a lot of turnovers because guys weren't sure where it was coming from. Um, you know, so they drive into the middle and the help would come, you know, not necessarily from the strong side where they expected it to. It would come from the other side or it would, you know, not leave them an easy out. It would come from a rotation. And and the key when you help is everybody else rotating over and helping you out if you're the help man. And Indiana was doing that really well. The problem was a few times Maryland found the open guy, you know, instead of it, going to the easy side pass, they would find the open guy who was the last guy to, ro you know, who was being guarded by the last guy to rotate over, find him, and and he would be open for a three. But I thought for the most part, Indiana did a really good job with that. And I thought they, you know, 
when you do that, you put pressure on the ball handler to make the right decision, and you're putting pressure on the offense to withstand that. And, and um, I, I thought they did, and I thought that was that was really the key in the second half was making Maryland make tough decisions and make tough reads as opposed to just you know giving them the easy pat the easy out all the time. And I'll say this: I really love seeing Indiana force shot clock violations, and we've seen more of those this year than we have in the past five years combined. It feels like so. Um, you know, just running teams down late clock is, is really something this team has has started doing consistently. Yeah, I thought the ball pressure was a lot better, particularly on Cowan. I mean, there was a play in the first half. Um, yeah, what did he in, get in the second? He had he had two points in the second half, I think. Yeah, maybe? six six turnovers. He had five points. He was two of twelve from the five floor points. in the second half and had uh, and had six turnovers. And so, because yeah, he yeah. looked great in the first half. Yeah, and there were times that you know I thought Newkirk really struggled with him until the last couple of minutes when he played fantastic against him. Um, but you know, that just getting more pressure on him. There was a play that they replayed where they ended up getting a lob where Devontae was out there and just kind of had his hands down and 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 just wasn't giving enough pressure there to to make some of those reads difficult. I thought McRoberts did a good job of of uh, you know getting. I hate to say deflections, but it's really what they were. Um, so, you know, I thought that was, I thought that was a positive and yeah, I mean, Maryland shot 51% from the field or 52% from the field in the first half, 31% in the second half. So, um, you know, hold the team to 31% shooting and 11 turnovers. It'll cover up a lot of blemishes that, that, that you may have and this team, uh, this IU team, as we know, certainly has, uh, some of those to deal with. So we'll, uh, you know, it, it, more defensive performances like that though, can, can help that stuff go away. Um, so, uh, before we get into anything else, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, breaking down Indiana's 71 to 68 win against Maryland. Uh, you know, Ryan, the other, you know, the other thing I wanted to kind of hit on was was IU's performance in the second half. Um, it, it, it truly was a, a tale of two halves, um, and IU didn't really shoot it all that well in the in the second half. But one thing that they did better um, was was they took far fewer three pointers. Um, they took 12 in the first half compared to just six in the second half. Yeah. Um, really focused the second half too, for sure. Yeah. Only, only made one of course when they actually got better looks, but, uh, by McRoberts, of course, but yeah, I mean, I thought the shot distribution was a lot better. They got to the free throw line more, a little bit of that was getting fouled late in the game, but not all of it, you know, three free throws in the first half to 13, uh, in the second, anything, I guess I'll ask you the same question. I mean, nine turnovers, that part is, is obviously pretty ugly, but, um, anything, you felt like they tried to do differently in the second half offensively, or was it just a case of, um, you know, just some kind of sloppy, sloppy play at times um, intermixed with a few, a few nice passes and, and cuts here. And there? Well, I think, I think, the game got sloppy. I don't think it was necessarily IU getting sloppy. I think sometimes you get care, you get in a game like that where you're going up and down a little bit, and and I think both teams got sloppy, and I, it's almost contagious. And I think that that sort of happened. There were stretches in that game, and I didn't think it was consistent. I thought there were stretches in the game where it got real sloppy, and and for both teams, and and I think that sometimes guys just get carried away with that, and sort of you know get everybody in the game gets loose with the ball, and I think we saw that happen to both teams for stretches. Um, what I will say is I thought in the second half what they did better was I mean it, they got three happy at one point in, in the in the first half there was that stretch where I think it was like five or six threes in like two minutes you know which is not this team's game but guys got okay looks they just were missing them and we've seen that all year I mean so it's not necessarily about getting the open look sometimes you got to take the open look especially if you're Zach McRoberts because clearly you can hit them um, but I think that what happened in the second half was they were just more disciplined in general. And I think the flow of the game at times made them more disciplined. There was the, there were, there were the times where it got out of control and got up and down. And then there were times where, look, this game was within about five points the entire way. And so I think that that put more pressure on the offensive possessions to be more crisp and better. And you weren't necessarily scoring, but you were getting at least decent shots part of the time. Um, and, you know, there were guys who were missing at the rim, too, a few times. So I, I think that they were getting decent offense, just not necessarily finishing it off. And I thought there was a lot of contact that went uncalled for stretches of the second half as well, uh, which is going to affect your shot. I mean, you can you can complain. You know, I know complaining about the officials stinks, but I think both teams have some stuff to complain about after this one, I think. But, you know, if it's not going to call both ways, fine. I don't care as long as it's consistent. But that is going to affect your shot going up inside if you get your arm hit, you know. And, and so I thought there was some of that. Um, but also, you know, just guys, I, I also think, I think there was a little bit of guys getting a little worn down 
uh, you know, maybe playing, you know, a few days after they played on Friday uh, in a game where they just got shellacked at Michigan State and then playing a lot of minutes, you know, on a Monday is going to wear you out. So I thought that some legs went away, too, in the second half. And and that was an issue. And in such a close game, you didn't really have a chance to spread around the minutes too much. Yeah, about 11 minutes into the second half, I want to say at that point, Johnson, Morgan, McRoberts and Smith had all played the entire uh, the entire second half at that point and those guys got some rest but even you know johnson finished with 18 minutes mcroberts 18 morgan 19 uh in the second half of Devonte green played 15 so yeah subbing was uh was virtually non-existent there for a little while i do think that was uh i do think that was part of it i uh you know the, the other thing we probably should talk about before we you know before we take a break is uh is juan morgan uh you know i i mentioned him in the opening but i'm not sure there's enough we could say about him in this game so we'll just kind of circle back to him periodically uh as we go hey, you know what that's a guy who looks like he could play in the nba it'd be really funny if somebody had mentioned that before the season and been ridiculed for it yeah it's a real shame um no i mean geez just can't even give the guy some credit without giving yourself uh-uh. credit first good nope, for you not at all uh, it's so dirt I right mean, here it's going off the shoulder going exactly off the shoulder. exactly i i mean he he was, you know, it, it was obviously a question mark whether he was going to play. You know, I'm, I'm watching Twitter and everybody talking about, well, I haven't seen him yet. He hasn't come out for warm ups. Now he's out. He's stretching. I think he's going to play. He looks okay. He doesn't have a limp. He's not wearing a brace. Um, and then, you know, really the game started and, and he he looked pretty good, was getting up off the floor for blocks, um, had that kind of weird play in the first half where, um, you know, where, well, apparently, according to the referee, he just fell over on his own. Um, but, you know, kind of got his leg tangled up and, and went down and you're like, I did re-aggravate it. But he kind of came right back after that and uh, I think made a basket on the very next possession. And, um, you know, just was a guy that I you could really rely on. I thought there were times I went away from him early in the second half, but really got back to him late when it mattered. But he, uh, you know, showed a lot of good patience in the post against some different different defenders that Maryland threw at him, uh, you know, took guys off the dribble, had a couple nice drives to the basket, had some good post moves, had a number of nice passes out of there. Uh, I, I, you know, looking at this scene, only uh, seeing two block shots, I felt like he had more, um, you know, chasing down plays on the break, like a free safety and, and doing pretty much everything. Um, I, I just thought he was even take the circumstances out of it, of not knowing that he was going to play. Um, you know, fantastic. And then you kind of add that on and it was uh, a really phenomenal performance from him. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just what we've come to expect. And it's really funny because if you look at before the season, I think that we all expected him to be good, but not like this. And I mean, he's, he's all big 10 right now. He has to be, um, if he stays healthy, knock on wood. Um, but just, yeah, he just dominates games. And you know what the thing about him and, and you hear people talk about this all the time. And I know big fan of the show, Dan Dockich, uh, says it sometimes, uh, but he makes basketball look easy. He does. He just makes it easy on himself. He goes to the block, he gets the ball, and he works guys who aren't as good as him. That's easy. I mean, you know, it's it's he knows he's better. He gets position, he gets the ball, and he just works guys into position and and scores. And he again makes life easy for himself. Basketball's easy when you're shooting four feet from the hoop and you're more talented, bigger, more athletic than the guy guarding you. Or if you get it out on the perimeter and you're against a guy who can't stop, you just slowly dribble him to the hoop and score. And I really hope a guy like Deron Davis is watching him and, and watching how easy he makes it on himself to score in close because he just out bodies, everybody out muscles them. And then, you know, makes the easy shot when he's got the opportunity, puts it off the glass, doesn't, you know, try and do anything fancy. And it's so funny because what he's doing is completely not fancy. It's not, you know, you're not watching it going like, oh, man, that's physically impressive. He just he's playing good basketball and it's that simple. And and he, again, makes life so easy for himself. And you're starting to see some of that from Justin Smith as well. He knows he's super athletic. He knows he's got a lot of length. He'd just get the ball in the post and go up over somebody and he's making shots and, and it's just, uh, it, it's clearly rubbing off on him. And, and I think that that's uh, a good thing for IU's future, but it's also great to watch Juwan Morgan just establish himself as, as one of the better players in the big 10 right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the other couple, couple notes on him, I, you know, he did lead the team with four assists. I thought he had some really nice passes out of the post where, you know, they'd get it to him on the yep. one side and somebody would cut from the other side of the floor toward the basket. The, there was a play that Justin Smith made. Uh, I think it was around that kind of really ragged stretch of the second half you were talking about. And I, you finally settled down and actually ran some offense and they got a layup from Justin Smith off, yep. a, off a nice pass. If you want. Or I yeah. think that was off a pass from uh, McRoberts actually, but there to start the second half, there was, there was a nice play where, where Justin cut down there. So I think, you know, they're starting to play through, you know, Juwan obviously can score and, and has scored well, but I think 
you know, defenses as they're starting to adjust him, they're also adjusting in the sense of, uh, uh, I use also able to adjust to, to defenses now giving him more attention and guys moving better off the ball are, are able to get some baskets as a result of that. And he's doing a nice job of, uh, of finding them. I think that's something that's really come along with him, uh, in, in recent games. Yeah, it's almost like playing in that zone offense that they ran where you just give him the ball and let everyone cut off him. Well, now they're doing that when they're not in the zone offense and just let him kind of work off of that. It reminds you a little bit of the Portland Trailblazers back in Bill Walton's day. Just give the big man the ball at the high post and let him make the passes. And uh, I mean, it certainly works if you cut off of it and, and you know, these guys are willing to cut hard and, and make moves off of it. Um I think it's I think that's really a good idea for Indiana to do that. You could use Colin Hartman in that situation too. He's just not been as great offensively uh, as of late. So uh, I think it's uh, a great move by Archie to do that. Put the ball in your best player's hand and let him make some plays. Yep, absolutely. Well, coming up on the assembly call, I'll point out tonight's meaningful moment you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers. That's next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the Script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it, and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, and we're breaking down IU's 71-68 to victory over Maryland. Uh, and now it's time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. Uh, so I, I had to go back and kind of scramble uh, somewhat late knowing that I was going to host. So I went back and tried to jot down a couple things. Uh, I've also done a good job of not reading this verbatim and not pulling a Ron Burgundy and reading this and saying, I'm Jared Morris. So, so far, so good on that. Um, but you know, as far as like moments from tonight, I think I know really, really doing a good job. Um, yeah, I think there were a couple, it was one late in the first half where I, you got down by five, I think it was, uh, and they've had a little two man game on the side where they dumped it into the post to Juwan. And then Robert Johnson stood out on the wing where, um, as we've established on the show is his spot to shoot threes from. Uh, and so, you know, it was really just those two guys on that side of the floor isolated, and again, you're kind of letting your two best players make a play when you really need one. Uh, you know, so Juwan, you know, gets the ball into him. Defense gives him the, the attention. He kicks it back out to Robert, and he knocks down a knocks down a three. And I think those guys, um, while Maryland obviously scored here, they scored ten straight IU points in the toward the end of the first half that really let IU get back, take the lead um, into the break after you know starting the game really well and then struggling a little bit in the middle. Uh, I thought that was a big, you know, kind of a big moment there not letting the game, not letting Maryland get up any more than five and, and really uh, working together to uh, to get IU back in it. And then there was a stretch, I think it was in the second half, where McRoberts scored five straight. Uh, you know, you guys talked about this after the uh, after the Michigan State game. Um, I think the the guys on the Hoosier Network uh, talked about that as well, about, you know, McRoberts just has to look at the basket and be a threat to shoot and to score. Um, and he certainly did that during that stretch. He, he made one drive and got fouled and made both free throws. And then very next possession, I think it was hit a three. And he started running down the floor as soon as the shot left his hand, like he knew it was going in. Uh, yeah, and, it was. He definitely got the Steph Curry jog back going on. Yeah, there. yeah. I didn't. I didn't know if, whether it was that. Zach. Keep the hand up high, Zach. With it, yeah. With the guy who's that reluctant to shoot, you always kind of wonder like, is he taking off because he thinks it's going to miss and he doesn't want to get beat down on de- beat down the floor on defense, or he's that confident that went in? I choose to say he was that confident that it went in. Um, but that was a big stretch from him. And he almost he almost made another three from the same spot uh, in the second half. But those. Uh, you know, what about that stretch from, from him and, and maybe just talking about his overall performance tonight? Uh, what stood out to you? 
Well, I, I mean, you got the McRoberts hustle, you know, that you usually get the dive on the floor thing. And he also, you know, y- you see him pop up all over the statute, offensive rebound, three defensive rebounds, three assists, three steals. Um, you know, I, I, seven points for him. I, I'm, I, I don't know. Is that a season high? It might be. No, I got uh, that one game where he came out and was like shooting all the time that he, that he scored. That's right. And I think that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, again, it's, you know, two or four from the field. One of those, uh, you know, and he also a couple times drove to the hoop and, and you know, got fouled. It's like, great, Zach, keep doing it. You know, if you get close to the basket, go, you know, and, and you're out there. You might as well, especially when things aren't going well. And and clearly he's got a three-point stroke. I mean, as he was one of the two. I mean, Colin Hartman was one of three, you know, Juwan Morgan, O of two. I mean, they have the green light to shoot and, and McRoberts should too, because he's going to get left alone until he can prove he can make that. And you saw, uh, especially late Maryland was sagging really far off him to help, uh, everywhere else on the floor. And, and he, he was going to get good looks. And he's going to get good looks the rest of the year. He's got to start making them. And, and I, 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 I know we have the hashtag Colin Hartman things, but I actually tweeted it out today. Hashtag Zach McRoberts things. I, I think that he's starting to be that guy where he's in the starting lineup and he's affecting games. And I know he doesn't score a ton and he's never going to be a 15 point a game man. But you know what? Uh, those seven points were all huge tonight. Uh, Would have been nice if he made his free throws late at the end of the game. But even just one, Zach, just just make one, just one and put the game away. Uh, but you know, he wanted it to be close, you know, and to have an exciting finish, I guess. So he missed them both. Um, but I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed with him. I, I think I'm, I'm consistently impressed with him. I do think that we were pretty hard on him the other day because, you know, you do need to shoot occasionally, uh, or else you're a non-factor on, on offense completely. And the other team can just ignore you. So it was nice to see him get some shots up and, you know, work, uh, uh, he cuts really well. So it's nice to see him kind of get rewarded for those hard cuts. And when he does get rewarded to put the shot up and make it, uh, that, that was my perspective on him. I don't know if you had something different. No, I, I, you know, I thought there were times again in the first half when he did pass up open shots. It was a play where Juwan hit him with a nice pass cut into the basket and he turned around and like threw it back outside. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit typical Zach thing to do. I was a little concerned that, uh, that that was going to be how it would go, but yeah, that one stretch he got, he got really aggressive. And I think, um, you know, it doesn't mean he has to come out and fire up, you know, five or six threes a game, but I do think he no, has yeah. to, but he's also proven that he can shoot the ball relatively well. And so, um, he's certainly not going to be asked to take contested looks because most of the shots he's going to get from the perimeter are not contested. I mean, what you were talking about at the end of the game, like he's, he's literally the only guy on one half of the floor at a certain point. And mm-hmm. it was like, he's going to have to shoot the ball. I think that was when Newkirk drove and, um, and actually got fouled, but I'm thinking McRoberts is going to have to be the one to take the shot. Cause he's the guy who's, who's the most open. But, um, so I thought that was, you know, good from him in that stretch. I thought he did a nice job on Herder. I, he was really just overwhelmed. I think by the, by the physicality of Michigan state and miles bridges in that Michigan state, game, as right? was the rest of the team. As was, yes. He was not alone certainly in that, but, um, you know, I thought he, but I thought he did a nice bounce back job. He really, you know, Herter, I think is the kind of guy a little bit taller that probably, you know, Robert Johnson guarded some, um, but got a little bit of a size advantage over Robert. And I think that was kind of, if there's a, you know, guy to draw up that, that McRoberts maybe is, is, is well suited to deal with it's Herter and Herter still got his points, but I thought McRoberts really made him work, particularly in the first half, frustrated him into a few turnovers uh, in particular. And I thought played, played really well on that end. Uh, any, any other moments, uh, or stretches of the game stand out to you when you, when you kind of think back on the game? I mean, it's gotta be that offensive rebound, I think for, for Jawan Morgan at the end where he gets the layup and you mentioned in the opening, but that that's play the game. And, and it, it eerily similar to what, uh, happened at the end of the Notre Dame game with, with Zach McRoberts doing the same thing, um, and finding Jawan Morgan for the layup. So I think that that was really just, uh, you know, he outworked people. That's all he did was just work harder than, than his opponent. And, you know, it's as simple as that. And, and sometimes when you do that, good things happen. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just think that it, you got to give credit to Indiana for working harder than Maryland in a lot of phases of the game tonight. Yep. I'd agree. You are listening to the assembly call. IU postgame show. I'm Andy bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, breaking down Indiana's 71 68 win over Maryland. And now it's time to go inside the numbers. I know we've hit on a few of these uh, so far. I'll pick a couple, Ryan. I know I usually take too many of these and then don't leave leave very much for you. Um, <laughs> you know, turnovers we touched on a little bit. You know, Maryland with 18 turnovers. That led to 20 IU points. Um, you know, 12 IU turnovers did lead to 14 Maryland points. So 
somewhat even there, but for a lot of the game, uh, particularly early on, that was a, that was something that was keeping IU uh, in the lead when when Maryland was shooting the ball really well because they had you know continued to turn the ball over with with regularity. Um, you touched on you touched on the rebounding, so I'll let you hit that again if if you want. Bench points. This is actually an area that IU had had really been. Uh, consistently outperforming their opponents and uh, you know they got outscored 26 to 10 uh, from the bench you know Maryland got uh, a good performance out of, out of Nickens and, and Wiley off the bench uh, for them they only played eight guys as well so not a not a neither team went went super deep into the bench um, that was certainly one and, and the other thing for me just to kind of underscore I use defense eight blocks 10 steals I mean you know 18 combined when you when you add those numbers up I, I think is really impressive and speaks a lot to the activity level and, and the fight and some of the things that you were just talking about with Juwan and just you know, trying to outwork somebody. Uh, I thought IU really, really scrapped and uh, and played really well for a team on a quick turnaround to come back after just getting uh, you know smoked on the road. I thought those were positive signs that they were able to bounce back from a, a really difficult defensive performance and and do so many things well on that end of the floor tonight. Any numbers? Uh, any, any comment on those or any other numbers stick out to you? Uh, I think that you touched on, them. I think the rebounding is, is, is insane to lose by 11 in the rebounding battle and win the game is it's, it's rare. I mean, usually whoever controls the glass, I mean, it, it's fine. You, you know, you lose by the rebounding battle by one or two, that's pretty even, but to lose by 11 and win the game is quite frankly, impressive from Indiana, uh, to find other ways to win and get hammered on the glass. I mean, they gave up 11 offensive rebounds, something that needs to be cleaned up, uh, but at the same time, they found a way to win the game. And I thought it was with the steals, with the blocks, with you know only turning it over 12 times compared to 18 for Maryland. Um, I thought that it was uh, great the way they were able to, you know, though things didn't go perfectly on the stat sheet, they were able to find a way to, to pull out the game. So uh, impressive from them uh, just to, to, again, figure it out, find a way to win. And this is the team that we haven't, necessarily seen just finding ways to win uh i think that the team that was really good at that was two years ago and they won the big 10 title they found different ways to win games and you have to sort of do that when you're a you know when you're going through the big 10 season you're not going to win it with the same formula every single time you've got to find ways to to make things happen and and that's a great trait to see developing for indiana yeah, what, one other thing to to touch on from a team standpoint was the two point shooting for IU. I mean, again, that continues to be something that they do really well. Which, for a team that is undersized, as you mentioned earlier, and and really not routinely playing hardly anybody over six seven, uh, I think Justin Smith really might be the only guy who who really fits that bill. Um, you know, they were fifty eight percent on twos uh, in the game, and I think that's why that shot distribution in the second half was so important. They continued to, even though they didn't shoot the ball as well in the second half in total. Uh, I think they still ended up 50% on twos in the second half. And I think, you know, it, there was that stretch that you mentioned in the first half where it was, you know, pretty, pretty three happy and they'd miss one to get an offensive rebound and kick it out and, and jack up another one. Um, but I thought they really didn't let themselves, while the play was sloppy at times in the second half, they didn't let themselves get lulled into that, um, which I thought was a, a positive. On the individual side, um, something else that I, I noticed on here and, and was going to mention as one of the meaningful moments was Josh Newkirk with three blocks, um, you know, and, and at least two of those came down the stretch. I mean, he had been saddled with foul trouble uh, really all of most of the game, uh, certainly, you know, came in for a couple of stretches in the second half, got called for two moving screens, one of which I think was legitimate, one of which I think the defender kind of baited the referee into calling. Um, but, but he came back in and, and obviously playing with four fouls and that hadn't been in the game very long, made a couple and, and having struggled with Anthony Cowan quite a bit in the first half, he made a couple nice plays, made a block, uh, on, on one. I think he made a block on a fast break, drew an offensive foul on the other, uh, really within all of the span of about a minute, I think blocked two shots and, and, uh, and drew an offensive foul call from, I thought that was a, a huge stretch from him and probably would have been a good candidate for a meaningful moment. You might've missed, although it was right in the, in the thick of things there at the end. Um, so that was a big number individually. And then Robert Johnson, again, eight rebounds all in the de defensive end, uh, led the team in rebounding. Uh, and while he didn't really shoot the ball very well in the second half, uh, after a pretty solid first half, you know, he continued to contribute on the glass. That's something that has really become, uh, consistent a with him. card for him for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, so I think that was, that was a big one. I didn't count up all the you know guard rebounds cause that's been a big focus, but, uh, for a team that really struggled on the boards, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's good or bad that, that you're, that you're one of your starting guards led the team with eight rebounds. I have a question. Are we counting Zach McRoberts as a guard when we count guard rebounds? 
I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I, when the one night Archie was kind of listing it off, I don't know. I think he's he's maybe a guard forward, so you could. Uh, I think it's one of those where you can play with it statistically to make it uh, say whatever you want it to say and, and go with it from there. Yeah. So, any other any other individual numbers stand out for anybody from you? Not really. I mean, Devontae Green, I thought, actually played a pretty good game. Seven points, three rebounds, an assist, a steal, uh, two blocks, as we mentioned earlier. He did have the two turnovers, um, but three of eight from the field, one of two from three. And I thought that, uh, you know, the three he hit was big at the end of the first half to give Indiana a lead going into the into the break. Uh, would like to see him. He had, a, he had a really nice finish where he got fouled. I'd really like to see him make his free throws. I mean, that, that kind of has to be automatic for a guy his size and from what he brings. But um, I thought he was effectively aggressive tonight for the most part and not overdoing it. I mean, there's going to be the one or two Devontae plays, you know, sort of the damn it Verdell moment uh, for Devontae Green. But I, I thought that uh, he had some some really nice plays, some really nice passes as well, uh, one of which led, I think, directly to a Juwan Morgan bucket. Um, so I would say uh, I thought that that he had a nice game and, and the numbers sort of reflect that. Yeah, I want to, I want to talk more about him uh, when we come back from the break. I thought it was a, you know, kind of a... <laughs> kind of textbook Devontae night in some regard. So I wanted to touch on him a little bit more. So we'll do that uh, when we come back. So uh, again, stick with us while we do that. We'll continue to talk about Devante, uh, maybe hit a couple other individuals that we wanted to talk about who, uh, who really had big contributions in IU 71 to 68 win over Maryland. That's next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also view all of our live broadcasts right on our homepage at assemblycall.com. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 71-68 to victory over Maryland. And Ryan, you, you touched on Devontae Green a little bit. Um, I thought it was a – I mean, I guess – I say uneven performance, but in some ways I feel like an uneven performance from him is like an even performance from, uh, from other guys. I, I just thought there were times in the second half where he just made, went through a stretch and just making some really selfish plays. And then that was followed up almost immediately by him making that nice pass to Juwan that you talked about off, a of, you know, as Juwan slipped to the basket. Uh, and then he played really good defense on Anthony Cowan. I think the very the very next possession. And it's one of those where it's like, why can't you do that all the time? Uh, yeah. Maybe that would take some of the allure off of off of his game, but um, you know, he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be as interesting. He's just trying to make himself interesting. Yeah. Well, he's doing he's doing a hell of a job. Um, he's, he's a a job. <laughs> you know, he's one of six from the floor in the in the second half, but yeah. um, you know, and had those two turnovers. And I thought some of the turnovers were just like you know getting going too fast. Even the three he hit at the, the end of the first half was a big one. I think somebody tweeted out, you know, Archie's calling out, you know, something about you know what what set they wanted to run. Uh, you know, to kind of run, you know, get the last shot of the half uh, or or at least as the clock was winding down. And he just like looked at him and then just fires up a three. And so, uh, you know, it was it was funny. My six year old daughter sitting next to me and I was like, that really wasn't a great decision. And she goes, well, it went in. So, yeah, no, like, that, that's that kind of like that kind of sums him up, I would say, in, in general. Um, but <laughs> it's really funny. As we're talking about this, my dad just texted me and said, green is Troy Williams revisited. Eh. I can't really argue with that right now. Um, yeah, but that, if, check, that checks out. That checks out. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, look, I, for the most part, I was I was fine with the way Devonte played. But yeah, there are he has Devonte moments. I mean, it, you know, and it's unfortunate that a Devonte moment is defined as what it is, where you just kind of like, what are you doing? Uh, but as I told my high school coach, every time I took a bad shot, if it goes in, you have nothing to complain about. And that three went in, so. Clearly, he's got that confidence going. Um, he really isn't shy. I know we can say that, but uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that there is so much there potential wise with him that you kind of live with it for now and hope that he's kind of figuring out. He played 19 minutes tonight, uh, handled the ball a lot. He did have two turnovers, but again, on like Newkirk, on one of those turnovers, he made, he forced a turnover on the way back to stop it. So um, I, I think. Um, you, you'll live with it. I, I think you'll live with with the way he's playing right now if he continues on this path. And, and I think that he's getting better. But of course, as soon as I think that he's getting better, he has a, a real dog of a game. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, but I'm putting my faith in, in Devontae. I think he's going to continue to get better. I think he's going to be a key contributor. Yeah, I mean, at the very least tonight, he was able to give them uh, a lot of minutes in the second half when they really needed it with Newkirk out with Newkirk, foul trouble. Yeah. They, they, he, you know, he tried. I think he got frustrated. I think Archie got frustrated with, um, you know, with Devonte 
for for a stretch early in the second half after he, after he had just come in for Newkirk and then he put Al Durham in and I think he committed two turnovers within a minute and he took him right back out. Um, and so if nothing else, Devante was at least able to kind of hold down those minutes because there really wasn't any place else to turn um, at, at that point. And, and in that regard, I thought he, he played well and made a couple really nice plays. And it's just, you know, those are kind of sandwiched between some head scratchers, but uh, you, you know, you take the, take the good with the bad, I guess. Um, I wanted to talk about the other two individuals were, were really guys who along with Juwan Morgan shouldered the load in the first half. And that was, you know, Justin Smith and, and Robert Johnson. You know, Justin had eight points in the first half, made all four of his shots. I think made his first shot uh, of the second half as well, and you know finished with twelve points, uh, and uh, you know only one rebound. I think if there's if there's something to you know kind of to call out for him, you know that would be it. But twelve points on six of eight shooting in twenty one minutes was was really solid. And like I said, he played those first you know I think eleven or twelve minutes of the second half, and I'm not sure that he came back in after after that point. Um, but I think you know a good. I think we we kind of look at Justin Smith a little bit with the extremes of the Minnesota game, uh, and then the you know the Penn State game that followed it up. I, I think what you saw tonight from Justin, I think, is a good, uh, ideally a good middle good ground where, yeah. uh, where you know where if he lived in the you know eight to twelve point area and maybe tack on a couple rebounds, I think that'd be a huge lift for IU. Yeah, I mean, he had 12 points and one rebound and a block, no turnovers in 21 minutes. That's that's a nice night for a freshman. It really is. I mean, it, look, if you're uh, a freshman lottery pick, that's not a great night for you. But for Justin Smith, for a guy at his level, that's really good. And that that's a good night in in the Big Ten, you know, and no uh, only he had the two personal fouls, you know, didn't get himself in foul trouble, guarded without uh, using his hands, guarded with his feet. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who has enough length and athleticism to affect shots without getting blocks, you know. And, and so I saw him do that a few times tonight where it's just he's in there. He's a he's a decently sized guy and he's not a pushover defensively. You know, you have to account for him. So I liked what he brought um, and and. Yeah, I, I was happy to see him out there. I thought he's he really held his own, and you know it allowed Colin Hart it, his presence allows Colin Hartman to come off the bench and provide some leadership. Yeah, I thought Hartman Hartman was another one where he came in really you know fired up a number of threes early in the first half, and then I don't think he shot at all when he came in in the second half. But I would argue in some ways it was actually just as if not more effective in the second half when when he played i think he played those last nine minutes yeah i, I thought he was, i thought he was far better in the second half than the first half yeah which is which is kind of funny to say about a guy who didn't take a shot but um you know i mean he made i think his first three when he came in into the game but a couple of the others he just did. seemed a little bit forced and um you know somebody somebody tweeted out that he had you know kind of visibly been frustrated with shots not going in against michigan state and um you know i think he's probably a better shooter than what he's shown uh, in, in recent games, but I thought he played well when he came in that second half and really he and, and Justin combined to play 20 minutes at that, uh, at that other forward spot in the second half. I thought they both, you know, combined, uh, did a nice job. And, but yeah, I, I agree that he played better in the second half, you know, grabbed three rebounds. And, um, I, I just thought played, played a little bit smarter, um, was in, was in the right spots defensively and, and did a nice job. For the most, yeah. I mean, he got beat on some closeouts, but that I, a lot of that is just really nice job by Maryland recognizing the open guy and finding him. And it is really hard to close out in some of those situations, but he did get caught up in traffic a few times on his closeouts, uh, which led to some open looks. But other than that, I couldn't really complain about him defensively. He was in the mix. Um, and I think his presence on the floor gets those guys diving, you know, for balls and, you know, going out of bounds for balls and all that stuff. Um, so you got to like when he's on the floor and also you just see guys running the offense more smoothly when he's out there. So, um, you know, even when he doesn't put up numbers, you notice that, uh, that things run more smoothly when he is on the floor. Yep. You are listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. I'm Andy bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, breaking down Indiana's 71 to 68 win over Maryland. Uh, and Robert Johnson was the only other guy that I really wanted to, to touch on. Um, I thought played really well in the first half, 10 points, um, made a couple threes had 10 points and six rebounds in the first half, one assist, no turnovers, uh, and played 17 minutes. I thought the second half, um, you know, forced a couple shots, um, did make, you know, one layup off kind of a, a scramble play that was a, a big bucket um, down the stretch and, and grabbed a couple rebounds. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, and I don't know whether this was by design or not. You know, defensively, he started out the game on on Morcel, I, I believe, and then he seemed to play Herter a little bit more in the second half. And I don't know. Uh, I can speculate that it was a case of, you know, we can't afford for him to get in foul trouble as he did in early in that Michigan State game. And do you put him on 
a little bit less of an offensive threat in the first half. And, um, you know, he's a guy who's typically been on, uh, you know, one of the, the, the opposition's better scorers, um, you know, for most games. So I don't know if there's any, I don't know if there's any validity to that argument as to why, you know, Archie did that and why the matchup shook out how they did. But I thought that was, um, you know, kind of interesting and it, it worked in the sense that he was able to play, you know, 30, you know, 35 plus minutes, uh, over the course of the game, um, by not getting himself into foul trouble, he ended up playing and yeah, 35, three fouls in total, all of which he picked up in the second half. So I don't know if there's any validity to that, or if you think that's a, a, a harebrained theory, but, uh, uh, any other lingering thoughts on Robert? No, I, I mean, I thought he had a nice game. I thought the first half of course was better than the second half. Uh, you know, he hit some threes early on that really helped the team, but you know, his eight rebounds were a key. I mean, they were a big deal. And we've talked about guard rebounds with this team and, and he really stepped up and grabbed some keyboards. Um, and I thought, you know, tried to get, the, get IU out in transition. They didn't necessarily convert all the time, but he really tried to get them out in transition and moving the ball up, up and down the floor, um, which, you know, takes pressure off the, the half court offense. Which is important, and I think, but I do think at times he still has those flashbacks to last year, where if he has even a hair of room, he's going to take a three, and and it you know hasn't been working out for him this year, but his shot does look like it's getting better, so that's a key for Indiana moving forward. He's got to be able to contribute, and and twelve points tonight was fine, given the the that it was only a seventy one point game, um, but I felt like in the second half he did disappear for stretches, so it'd be nice to see him put in a more consistent forty minute effort. Yeah, so one of the other things Archie mentioned this in the the post game about you know the crowd the last six to eight minutes, and I thought the crowd impacted the game a lot. Then there were some uh, you know looked pretty empty, quite honestly, toward the beginning of the game. And I don't know whether that's you know you know nighttime classes. Obviously, thirty seven has been um, problematic for people to be able to to get to the games. But I thought eventually um, the crowd really really had an impact on the game. I, I think part of it was largely just rage induced in the, you know, by the officials, but whatever it takes, I guess, to get, um, to get to that yeah. point. But, um, Too but I didn't think the crowd, all. I didn't think the crowd really, really got into it at that point, but it was one of those where it, it was a, it was a slow burn to get to that point. And like I said, I'm not sure that without some of the officiating, I don't know that anybody would have been quite as, uh, enthusiastic as they were, uh, as they ended up being. Agreed. I, I think that it was kind of embarrassing, uh, you know, considering it's a home game at Indiana, uh, you know, in the middle of Big Ten season. I, I just thought the crowd wasn't, you know, there were there were moments where the crowd was good, but there weren't long stretches where it was, you know, deafening to the point where it affects the game. And then you figure late, I think finally you got some, uh, you know, you got some reason to yell and that was the officiating and then that really sparked indiana when, when they got loud it sparked indiana and that tends to happen but it, you know it'd be nice if it was more consistent so I, i'd really like to see uh more fans getting into these games and and showing up i mean come on it's a monday night in december or i mean in january what do you what, what do you got going on that's better than that than, than a game at assembly hall can't, I can't skip, skip. You have class. Skip class. I mean, yeah, you know, really early in the semester. So seriously, to, you guys, you get you behind. Got, the more time you have to catch up. So I mean, it's, it's that. you're barely a few weeks past syllabus day. You're fine at this point. <laughs> All right, you're not up. paying for it. Your parents are paying for it. You know. There we go. go to those right. games. <laughs> All right, coming up in our final segment of this edition of the Assembly Call, we'll hand out our game balls, look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, and then deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's 71-68 win over Maryland in last call. That's next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of IU's 71 to 68 victory over Maryland. Uh, and so we'll uh, we'll start this off with our game balls. I would imagine um, that uh, that there's there's a seemingly obvious choice, and so Ryan, I will let you go first. And if you want to want to uh, swoop in on that obvious choice, you are more than welcome to do so. Um, and we're so, allowed uh, to take the same guy. I, I know we are. So been no ruled. matter what you do, uh, I know who I'm taking. So uh, so who are you giving yours to tonight? Uh, I'm going to give it to Zach McRoberts for taking two three pointers. I think that was that was a big deal from him. No, I, I I do think I do give it to Zach because I think that we've come to expect 25 and five from Juwan. I mean, he was clearly the best player on the floor. But if I'm handing my game ball out, I'm going to Zach McRoberts who who turned in 31 minutes for a walk on, uh, four rebounds, three assists. 
three steals and seven points, including flushing a three at one point from the corner and uh, hit a couple free throws. I I like the, what he's doing on the floor, and and I thought he played pretty well defensively too. I just like the way he brings it on the floor, and I, I thought he was very keen. I thought his energy was key, particularly in those stretches where things got out of control and guys were on the floor going after the basketball. He was the first guy down, you know, and he was – you know, selling out to, to get the, to get the ball. So I, while Morgan obviously was the best player in the game, I think that without McRoberts's contribution, Indiana loses this game at home and, and you can't have that in the big 10. Yeah. I think the one thing you see him really starting to bring, and and this is not just specific to him, but you know, I used to be able to go with the same lineup these, these past few games and those guys have played, you know, at least a good chunk of those guys have played quite a bit together. So I think you're starting to see some good, you know, chemistry and cohesion between, uh, particularly between he and Morgan up front, yeah. um, given that he's kind of playing that forward position, which I think is um, obviously a good thing to see. But I think there's just, you know, they're getting used to to playing one another with one another in these games. And they, you know, the guys talk about how they, you know, want to be on his team and, um, you know, Zach's team in, in practices and things like that. But I think you start to see some of that, that cohesion really, really builds up and uh, has been a positive. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with John Morgan. I'm not going to try to get too uh, try to get too cute with things here. I mean, did a little bit of everything, and I think I think I saw a quote from McRoberts that said something to that effect that he's a little bit of everything for us. 25 points, four rebounds, four assists, or 25 points, five rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals, um, and and played 36 minutes on a on an ankle that he said as of Saturday he didn't think he'd be able to play on. So mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, I think a fairly fairly easy call to go with him. I like your I like your selection of McRoberts, but. Uh, I'm going to go with Juwan. I think we've talked a lot about him. You know, when I use I a, when I use playing through him, uh, good things happen and consistently have happened, and uh, and so awesome to see him. And he's got another uh, really quick turnaround again. So hopefully he can get some more treatment. Uh, we know with Tim Garo, he'll be in good hands, but he'll get some more treatment on that here in the next couple of days because uh, another quick turnaround awaits IU uh, with the uh, with the Illinois game coming up on Wednesday. Um, and so you know, you look at look ahead to that game a little bit. Illinois right now, zero and seven. Uh, in the league, uh, playing Michigan State as we record this now, um, down five late in the first half. Um, but but they've played a lot of close games. Um, there haven't been a ton of these where they have really gotten blown off the floor. Um, you know, lost three of them in overtime. You know, one point game to Nebraska, uh, Wisconsin. You know, did just just beat them pretty good on the road. But uh, particularly in the home games, they've they've been pretty competitive, uh, and they haven't had a lot of home games. Quite honestly, they've really only, if this is correct, as I'm looking down here, they've only played two conference home games: one against Maryland, uh, and one against Iowa, and they they lost both those in overtime. So, while on paper probably looks like oh, it's an you know an, a, a winless team that you're going into, uh, you know they've continued to to fight pretty well and uh and certainly i think they'll be ready in a place where iu has not played well when iu teams have been much better than the, than this one is so uh i think that'll be more of a challenge i think than than you know people may may give it i think ken palm right now predicts this as an illinois victory actually so for whatever that's worth um you know gives illinois a, a 40 or gives iu a 40 chance 40 percent chance uh of victory so certainly not a gimme given um, the quick turnover on turnaround on these games and and things like that, you know, if you look at Illinois statistically, they they really want to play fast. I think that's going to be, um, I think that's going to be important as you as you look at tempo in this game. If, if they suck IU into playing their pace, that could be um, that could be challenging. Yeah, so, that's not that's not Indiana's game anymore. <laughs> no, Just no, it most certainly it most certainly is not. And I think that's where you know if you if you want if, you know if IU gets into an up and down you know jacking threes type of scenario, I, I don't know that that's going to um, go all that well for IU. Now that being said, what Illinois you know really the only good thing that Illinois has done defensively, particularly in conference plays, are second in turnover rate. At least as I look at this right now, IU is actually first, um, but they're you know pretty close. Otherwise, the, you know they've given up. You know, they're Illinois last in, in two point defense. That's going to be a big one for IU. Um, so I think if IU can really take care of the ball, not get sucked into the the pace that Illinois wants to play. I think they have a good chance to pick up a road win, which, um, you know, would really be big for them. And if you kind of think of this, I talked on, I think, Assembly Call Radio last week about playing these in three-game segments. You know, I use one and one in this segment. If Can you win this um, three-game stretch and go two and one? So I think uh, as you look at, you know, road games, Seems like one of the more winnable ones that there is. Uh, whether they're able to do that on a quick turnaround will remain to be seen. But uh, we'll be back here to talk about it. I think that's a nine o'clock tip. Um, I am not sure what channel it's on, but it is nine o'clock on Wednesday. So we'll yeah, be back. Look, hey, Indiana. Indiana has won four of five and seven of nine 
I mean, they're playing better. They are. And and look, it hasn't been the most challenging stretch of the season, but they're playing pretty well and they're playing well enough to win. So you hope that they can just continue that and continue to build on that um, every time out pretty much. Yeah. And I, you know, hopefully the, the win at Minnesota is something that they're able to, you know, look back on and gain some confidence from going into a road environment that, uh, that they haven't played well in. Cause if they can win at the barn then you know, maybe they can, uh, they can win at the, the other, uh, assembly call or assembly hall. I keep um, doing that too. Don't worry. <laughs> it's close. It's doing so well. Um, all right. Well, you're, you are listening to the, uh, assembly call IU post game show. Remember that because you're an assembly call listener, you get 15% off of your entire order at Hoosierproud.com. So if you want to officially license IU gear, one of our assembly call logo t-shirts or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana inspired designs, visit Hoosierproud.com and use the promo code assembly at checkout. That's Hoosierproud.com promo code assembly for 15% off your entire order. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, and it's time for our last call after tonight's win over Maryland. So, Ryan, what's your uh, last call in this game? Uh, you know, I just think it's it's a good win. I mean, it doesn't, you know, Maryland's not ranked. Uh, they're not, you know, a world beater, but it's a good win to get at home. Top 40 team in, in Ken Palm, who will probably drop significantly now after losing to IU, but... I just thought that Indiana battled and, and, you know, there were a lot of opportunities for them. And we said that this, this year during some of their wins, there were a lot of opportunities to fold where things weren't going Indiana's way and they refused to do so. And they battled back and won the game. And, and while that's, you know, not necessarily the formula you always want to use, it was a solid performance by Indiana to do it and and to get things right and and to win it. And again, you just got to tip your hat to Juwan Morgan, a guy who clearly isn't hundred percent, but 25 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks uh, in 36 minutes, 10 of 18 from the field. You just got to give the guy credit. I mean, he is playing as well as anybody in the big 10 right now, um, save maybe miles bridges and, and numbers wise, he may actually be right there with miles. I haven't checked in in a while, but, it's, you know, he's, he's just turning into a guy who can be a rock for a program. And, um, you know, a guy that that's kind of what I hoped he'd become coming out of high school. And, and it's really great to see him blossom that way. Hopefully he's healthy and can, you know, continues to stay healthy and can be back on, on Wednesday feeling good. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, like I said, you know, I kind of looked at this last stretch of the season and, you know, in, in like four, three game, uh, three game segments and, um, you know, so the Michigan state game obviously was a difficult one, um, that they, you know, didn't, you know, didn't, didn't play well, uh, against in a really tough environment, just ran into a buzzsaw. Um, but I thought bounced back nicely tonight, really played tough. Um, I, you know, this, this team is not going to win a lot of games where you're like, man, that was, that was really, you know, pretty. Um, and I think this, you know, the second half of this game in particular was kind of a slog, but IU really, um, you know, they made it that way to a certain extent by playing really good defense. And I thought they, they made some good adjustments and really came out with a, a renewed focus defensively. Uh, in the second half. And that's what this team is going to have to do. And that's the same thing that's going to hopefully travel uh, with them as they try to win, you know, another road game in the league. They're, you know, five and three right now, chance to go to six and three uh, at the halfway point uh, of big 10 play. And I think, again, while in a lot of these cases, you'd probably say the, you know, maybe the wins or the losses didn't necessarily come against who you thought they would come to. If you, if you told somebody that at the midway point, this team was six and three, um, I think you'd feel pretty good about it. So a big opportunity for these guys to, to build on, you know, some of the momentum that they had took a little bit of a step back in that Michigan state game. But I think, uh, as you said, have won four or five and, and hopefully can continue that momentum, um, a quick turnaround. I think they're going to need more from the bench to be able to, to expect some of these guys to, you know, play close to 40 minutes again, I think it's going to be a little bit of a stretch with the, you know, the third game in, um, you know, in six days, um, I think will be challenging. So be looking for some guys to step up off the bench. Newkirk should be uh, pretty well rested after being in foul trouble, uh, a decent amount of this one. And so, um, you know, looking forward to, uh, to another good game on Wednesday. And so we will, uh, we'll be back after that game. Again, that's a nine o'clock Eastern start uh, on the road at Illinois. So we'll be here for that. We'll be back on Thursday for assembly call radio. And then uh, we'll take a couple days off for that Purdue game uh, over the weekend. So uh, a busy stretch for IU, busy stretch for us, but we uh, look forward to bringing it all to, uh, to all of you. So that will do it for this edition of the assembly call IU post game show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our home 
homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night, uh, or not tomorrow night, but Wednesday night after the Illinois game, and then again on Thursday for Assembly Call Radio. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate... Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.